and we are recording with Dr. Mark Sherwood, and we were just talking about exercising and you know as you just said uh, if you stop exercising you're one step closer to rigor mortis and i was saying i i don't for me it's like a mental thing like i've i think when i was a teenager i was more obsessed with like you know you're like 14 you're like i want to get biceps i want to impress the ladies but now i don't it's that doesn't even register anymore um it just makes my mind tranquil the rest of the day it's problems come and they just kind of roll off your shoulders and like if you build muscle that's almost a byproduct i'm like yeah yeah sure whatever that's great I, but the mental piece but before i keep blabbering because i am liable to do that dr sherwood <laughs> please introduce yourself man yeah thanks for having me tommy i'm honored to be sure. with you uh dr mark sherwood my wife uh dr michelle neil sherwood and i have the functional medical institute in tulsa oklahoma um I'm a naturopathic doctor. My wife's a naturopath and an osteopath. We have a large team of people. We're able to help folks around the world. Um, we've written three number one best-selling books. We produced five full-length movies. Um, kind of our claim to fame, which was not really fame for us, was pretty normal, is we were able to treat over 10,000 people who had COVID or had been in contact with somebody with COVID and nobody died. Um, so we just kind of, that was what we do and what we've done. So it wasn't anything, you know, spectacular for us. It was kind of expected if you get my drift mm -hmm. prior to that, I was in law enforcement for 24 years, 10 years of which on the SWAT team. Um, I did travel around the country for about 10 years with the world famous power team, you know, breaking bricks and bending steel and all that kind of stuff. Um, prior to that, I was a professional baseball player for a couple of years. And, uh, and again, you mentioned, uh, pre-coming on, been in the bodybuilding game, you know, off and on for years. Yeah. So a little bit of background, but man, I'm just, I'm just really happy to be here with you today. Well, thank you for that introduction, man. I think, I think you're one of two guests that have the, uh, the Venn diagram of MD and like, like hardcore, like, like, so you did the SWAT team, the other guy, Dr. Keith Rose, uh, he was in, I think like CIA paramilitary and then also mm. he became a, a plastic surgeon and it's I've so this is episode 1074 I can tell you wow. it is a small Venn diagram I have I mean I've had on an ast I've had on Charlie Duke who walked on the moon and he's oh, kind wow. of one of one but even like bioweapons experts like I've had on a couple like I've had on yeah. a couple nuclear submariners I've had on a couple people that assemble thermonuclear warheads it is a small Venn diagram to have an MD and also kind of be in that hardcore operator space. So for whatever that, for whatever, for whatever that's worth, man, that's uh, you get a little trophy, not that you care, uh, but you get a sticker. <laughs> I'll take the sticker, man. I'm just, I'm really just happy to be here. Honestly, you know, every time I get a chance to share a little bit of, you know, truth to folks, it's good yeah. because it, it doesn't matter if it's an audience of one or an audience of 1 million or several million. It, I don't take those, opportunities or times for granted because it yeah. really means something so uh, for those that are listening right now just know um i'm totally into this moment totally into this time and and consciously aware of every word i speak with the hope that it brings hope and uh in healing and some encouragement to people so before we dive into fifth generation warfare and bioweapons uh do you meditate yeah you know i do um i'm a christian guy and people might not you know, agree with that. And that's okay. But ultimately, 
you know, I, I believe that inside of us, you know, in me, it's God, but in other people, at least relate to this, it's like the the essence of who you are. Everyone understands that, you know, the the times that we've all been out there, you know, Tommy, and we're like, we hear that voice inside of us, it's, man, this is not a good place to be, I need to leave, no. or or I'm okay here, I need to stay. It's like my, my dad told me when I was growing up, uh, boy, listen to me, there's nothing good that happens after 12 midnight, you know, yep. and so that <laughs> yeah. little voice is still talking to you, but that essence of who you are is where you have to be at peace, and so whether you find that through prayer or meditation or just getting quiet, um, that's that's like a beautiful thing. Because one thing that I've done, and I've said this to probably millions of people around the world, is if you can take one minute out of your 1,440 minutes a day, and I'm serious, and just be quiet. Don't talk to anyone. Don't listen to anything. Just shut up. And no wives, no kids, no dogs, no cell phone, no music, nothing. You'll find great peace in that because the body the mind and the spirit that we, we crave that we just so inundated with noise, but that one minute uh, might be uncomfortable for 30 seconds, but 45 seconds in, you're like, wow, this is all right. Oh, it's, there's like an internal hot tub in all of us that you don't know is there. And I, I started meditating in 2008 kind of back, but I'm just talking about it because, you know, you mentioned being here and being present in this moment and I aim for 20 minutes a day, normally come up a little short, but that's, that's why, I, no, I aim for 30 and I normally end up with like 20 and that's, I've just come to accept that. And yeah, no, turn the phone off, turn everything off, close the windows. I put on a box fan for white noise and it's a little uncomfortable at first. There's always the, oh, I'm alone with my thoughts. You're like, I'm alone with my thought and everything <laughs> starts coming in. You're like, is there going to be nuclear war? Am I saving enough money? My yeah. parents are getting older. Am I a good person? Am I paying tax? What am I? And then it's. <laughs> All right. And then you can get a little crazier. You can be like, I'm just on a planet floating through space. And what am I? I'm a I'm a sentient like bipedal organism. You're like, that's kind of psychedelic. And but yeah, if you can last for like a minute, I would yeah. disagree with the 30 seconds. I would say it's 60. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I agree. Slide in there. And then, yeah, it's this. Uh, it's kind of like when you're petting a dog behind his ears and they start doing like the oh yeah they're just in the zone man but it's, you're right it it takes at least a minute you know i i think most people do that will, will like be wanting more you know yeah. you'll be like wow I, I don't want to stop at a minute and that's you know that's important and uh yeah. you know daily i'll i'll do it for several minutes uh just turn my mind off and hopefully you know get into this space where i, I can look at myself in a non-judgmental way and yeah. And begin to sort of embrace this moment, this time, this this breath, this window of existence that we need to begin to think about more. Yeah, it really is like you're a dog and God's just scratching your ears. And like, <laughs> I love that. Like, okay, here, yeah. And then a couple minutes in, like the thoughts, there's little spaces in between them instead of constant. And then those spaces start to grow. And in those brief moments, it's... It's just like taking off shoes that are too tight. You just uh, and and non judge non judgmental. You are much able to start seeing instead of everything is bad. You start having these little glimpses of like maybe everything will be good. You're like, what? Why not? Yeah. If, if we're flipping a coin, it, it can be the other. And just this little like, you're gonna be okay. Take this one day at a time. You've survived every day. By definition, if you are alive and conscious, you have <laughs> survived every trouble that has ever come to you. 
Yeah, it's a pretty good feeling, isn't it? Now, interestingly yeah. enough, you know, we do a ton of genetics and um, genetically speaking, you will get uh, cellular response to being quiet like that. There are mm -hmm. such things as effector proteins that sort of come to the surface and uh, like high level sensors, if you will, looking at the outside world. And when it's all bombarded with noise and stress and anxiety, uh, they go inside and sort of sound the alarm bells on an intracellular basis, which is not a constructive place to be because the cells are in that stress mode, that protective mode. But when you can shift the environment outside of you and then consequently inside of you, you will get a massive intracellular reaction that results in the cells becoming peaceful, able to do what they do, promoting good cellular communication as opposed to non-cellular communication. So, you know, just your thoughts, the way you speak, change the environments and therefore change genetic expression. Yeah, and then on like a subjective, just sensational side of it, I'll never not be amazed at how I will stop flexing a muscle that I didn't know I was flexing. Like <laughs> your hamstrings or like your your shoulders or something or your jaw. And you're like, I didn't even know I was doing that. You're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And then the long, deeper you go, you'll start, You at first you'll unflex muscles you didn't know you're flexing. And then you'll start unflexing muscles that you didn't know you had. And yes, like your That's legs. Exactly right. kind of, yeah. Like your legs will kind of drop a little lower if you're in like, you know, sitting like Indian style and you're like, what, like, what is that? I didn't even know I could do that. And it's well, just that constriction is always associated with stress. You know, like when we're living in a stressful moment without having any balance there, you know, we're totally that, well, let's call it scientifically sympathetic nervous system mm -hmm. arousal focused or hyper cortisolism or hyper stress, whatever you want to call it. We're not balanced. We don't have enough relaxation. The muscles clench, the muscles get tight, blood pressure goes up, respiration goes up, perspiration goes up. Uh, we have this loss of ability to digest food appropriately, and we have sort of a loss of desire for reproduction. So, you know, those are all fine if you're fighting a bear or running from <laughs> a bear, but but they're not good to have all the time in normal walking about from day-to-day -day activities and that's where a lot of people are right now tommy unfortunately and and that's why a lot of people are sick today because they chronically live in that fear-based mode and and they, they've already surpassed the 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 flight they're tired of fighting and they've sort of regressed if you will into the freeze mode yeah and the freeze is like okay i give do to me yeah. whatever you want to do to me and, and that's a tragedy because we lose our ability and our will to fight at that point you kind of, yeah, you regress into that fetal, I don't even care. That's right. Exactly. That That is, that is death before physical death. And it might, totally. what's that Ben? I don't even know if it's Ben Franklin. I think it's attributed to him. Who cares? You know, most men die at 25, but aren't buried till 75. It's like, there is, there is, and that, that is, and then you get into like learned hopelessness. And actually we could kind of weave this into <laughs> you know, fifth generation warfare, right? Yeah. In Good segue. fear, right? It's on a, on a basic level, it's cortisol tense. You don't want to, mm -hmm. you want to be, you know, you might be in 2023 Portland, Maine, just doing dishes, but they want you to feel like there's a bear 
chasing you up a tree. Now, granted, you don't know it's not a hundred thousand years ago, and you're some you know Cro-Magnon on the early plains of Nova Scotia or Forest or whatever. But, and you do have that ability in 2023. Is you you don't need a bear. You have you don't. You have a phone. Yeah, it's That's, fascinating. Our genes. Now, this is just a good thing that people understand they've changed only two percent in ten thousand years that's why that's not much so what does that mean it means that they respond to these sort of extra um, ordinary impulses from the outside world and they don't have the ability to differentiate between you reading a an article or someone's quote about the world falling in and all this mess and you see it all the time through social media it doesn't delimit, delineate or discriminate between that and being chased by that bear. Yeah. And so it's responding the same way. And over the course of time, you know, that'll kill you. There's no question about it. You know, I've said it before, you know, the, the worst thing about um, life is to not live your life, but to die your life. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a tragedy because that's where a lot of people are right now. And of course, that results over the course of time in an increase, not in lifespan, uh, but a subsequent increase in this thing I like to call six band, where there's a disproportionate uh, amount of medications used and, you know, lifestyle goes south, obesity goes up, typically blood sugar goes up, which is part of the stress. And we end up becoming type two diabetic. We lose our ability to critically think. And then there you go, like chronic fetal position. I don't really care about anything. Just go ahead and kill me. Yeah. And that, and then that is, you know, that's kind of tenderizing the prey. And- mm-hmm. There are evil people in the world who, and it's hard for the average person to wrap their mind around that. And it's because they're probably a good person, right? And that's good. That's, if you look at someone and go, how could they do that? That's good. That means that your baseline is like, no, we shouldn't do that. But there are people that are either they know what they're doing is wrong and they're just bloodthirsty for power or even worse that they're psychopaths. And there's, there is no, there is no internal stream. It's just. It's just a cold machine working and it doesn't care about morals and ethics. It's a, you know, why not have child labor? They can work. It's, there's just mm-hmm. kind of a, like a great white shark, just black eyes. And yeah. that is kind of what we're in today. Is that we correct? We really are. Uh, there's, you know, we've lost a lot of our moral compass. You know, I think one of the founding fathers there have been Franklin or Thomas Jefferson went up and said, you know, we, we all want liberty and freedom, but liberty and freedom can't occur. Uh, without a moral compass. They they won't exist. Well, they have no bar, right? And so the bar, as we know, has been lowered. Uh, we have no expectation of excellence. Our ethical standards have been lowered. Right and wrong is now gray. There is no right and wrong unless you feel it is, and that might not be right. There's no truth. There's no definitive truth. It's what you subjectively believe it is, and that can change day by day if you want to. You can choose a day to be a boy. You can choose tomorrow to be a girl and that's your choice. And everybody else needs to respect that and they better not offend you. You know, that's the world we live in. And so we've seen this lack of uh, rules, lack of boundaries, and that has caused a regression in our society. Now where we have so much tolerance for a lack of excellence, we find ourselves completely uh, guideless. We have no emotional or moral course. And so you mentioned a very key point, Tommy, that I think is very important. If people are out there right now and they have that moral compass, thank God you do, because a lot of people today either have lost that, and I think that's probably the small minority, but when you lose that, though, 
and you have no sense of feelings or uh, conscious awareness of other people's feelings, you become sociopathic in all you do. And, and I know that, man. I When my time in law enforcement, now I was able to stare people in the eye, you know, and and look at them. And and there were times where I saw people, there was nothing there but darkness. And you, you go, man, I don't understand how that person can do that. I mean, I remember one um, that I had arrested the guy. They, he had a nickname on the street. His nickname was Satan. And he was 14, 14 years old. And I had to go find him and arrest him. He had actually um, taken a girl, um, wounded her by shooting her, put her in the public street, poured gasoline on her still living body, and lit her alive and burned her alive in the street. No sense of consciousness, no sense of guilt or remorse. And to have to work that situation and deal with that was shocking and things like that you know when you experience that when you see it it'll it'll change you you know you have a different perspective and it sort of grounds you in in where you are and I, i'm grateful that i i still have a sense of moral compass in my life but i think we all agree they're listening today is that moral compass is declining as we speak uh, but if we still have it it is worthy of um hanging on to it's worthy of preserving and we got to fight for that that's the, the spirit of america if you will now when you deal with something like that and imagine you you come to two possible roads and this is all just me speculating on the fly of it would either degrade your compass and you would just turn into i'm surviving at all at all costs like i've stared satan in the eye I don't, you know, I'm protecting me and, and my family and I'll try to help everyone else. But when it comes to it, it's, it's me and my family. Or I could see it pushing into a different one where it's, it makes you solidify your moral compass even more. And you're like, I have to be even better. I have to balance out this evil. Is that, do you kind of come to that, that, that point in your own mind of like, oh, wow, the world is dark. I got to get darker. Or is it, yeah. I got to be lighter. For me, it was the latter. You have to be a little bit more bright and light. Um, and for I think that's the best place to be because if you become too dark, you become too hard and you become cynical. And it's like yeah. us versus them. And like I was sharing with somebody as recently as yesterday, you know, that I know there's evil in the world. I get it. Um, I, I really do. And again, I've seen it. But my job in this world is not to spend my time exposing evil. Although I want to be aware of it, I'll point it out and, and I'll acknowledge it and speak about it. But that's not my main job because if I focus on that, Tommy, and people need to hear this, I am actually feeding the strength of that in my own life. In other words, I'm feeding the beast, I'm feeding the darkness and feeding the ego of my greatest enemy of my soul. And so, you know, I want to be aware of it but I also want to speak about what my responsibility is within that. And, and it really is to, to shine the light with the idea of, you know, illustration for the light being in a dark, dark cavern. We've all been there. You can't see your hand in front of your face, but somebody will take out a lighter or take out a cell phone and bam, it lights up the whole room. It's crazy. It's like, how did that little bit of light overpower what was seemingly impenetrable 
darkness. And so that light is so powerful. And, and that's the opportunity we have. You know, I don't care if we're, you know, people said, well, what if only 20% of these United States of American citizens stood up for what is right? Dude, I'll take it. That's like, cool. That's awesome. I mean, what a great place and time to live in today where people actually can see a difference between darkness and light. So, you know, for me, it was a ladder and it's been that way. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm no better than anybody else. I have to work at it every single solitary day. And as we mentioned earlier, exercising to begin my day is I do that as well. And I've done it for 40 years and I do it because it sort of metabolizes the adrenaline that mm -hmm. I have. It produces sort of a dopaminergic high and it gives me the ability to deal with life a little bit better in preparation for what I have to do every day. Yeah, there's nothing worse than if you're just like out on vacation or kind of visiting someone and you're like for a couple of days, you just don't have access to a gym and there's nothing to do. Man, I, I get like I get panicky just thinking about that because there are days where you kind of feel like a rocket with excess fuel. You're like, what are we doing? We're sitting in yeah. not even just cabin fever. You're like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we we're just sitting here doing? What are we doing? What in your mind is versus when you, you know, contrarily, you you think you'd have less energy, but no, you go work out. You really get a sweat on, really get a pump on. Ooh, oh boy. You can start seeing more clearly. And um, you can to the, to the lightness thing. No, I think you're correct. There's one thing I've always noticed is just when you meet someone who's just doing all the right things and not right in terms of whatever, you know, floating definition we now have, because you're correct. There is, there is no absolute truth anymore. No. We're just, and that's also, that's also by design. If there is no truth, then all of a sudden you can erect truth and just say up is down. You know, if, if nothing means anything anymore, then we can just all one day they can say Montana is Washington DC and everyone goes, what? Yeah. My, and someone goes, no, it's not. That's Montana. And they go, you're a racist. Like, that's where we're going. It, by dissolving no all bound, if you could control a simulation in a video game, you could actually go in and just change gravitational constants and air pressure and the force of gravity. You can then mold any reality you want. And that is the end game. The end game is not chaos. You make chaos and then you build whatever hellscape you want out of that, right? That's right. That's right. That, it, the end game is really to be able to shape a direction 100%. on where you want to take people. And it's yeah. like you you sort of carve this out, one thought, one image, one day, one moment at a time. If you keep carving it enough, you, know, you keep promoting narratives that really were never true. Yeah. Over the course of time, you know, it's kind of like the 100th monkey theory. You know, you're yeah. going to get that breakover point where more are going to believe it than not and then you, you you accomplish your agenda. Yeah. And that's that's how atrocities occur. That's how yeah. dictators are set up. Dictators and then atrocities. Yeah. I mean, you know, the idea of uh, abolish police. It's like, dude, oh read, just the, read just the 20th century. Any history from any country. They're not abolishing police. What they're doing is abolishing police until it gets so wild out there that you beg for a new police force. Well, the federal government will do that for you. And now all of a sudden it's not Bob from down the street. It's some federal stormtrooper from D.C. and you're in southern yeah. Georgia and they don't care. That is through, so out of this chaos comes a very solidified order and it ain't good. But no, to, we're kind of heading there right now. You know, you know, not kind recent, of full steam ahead. Cinder block headlines. on the gas. Oh, yeah. The headlines of the, you know, police officers and situations, you know, in the U.S., everybody's well aware of them. Um, you know, tragedies as they are and excessive force as they are. 
the the call for new federal mandates of training. I mean, that makes me go, wow, you have no idea, people. You've never been there. I have. You know, I've I've been there. I've had my vest on. I'm carrying my gun. I've carried my nightstick when that's all we had. Scared out of your mind. You know, every single person out here is capable of exerting excessive force in those situations. Now, I'm not justifying it. Sure. I'm telling people when you're scared out of your mind, you know, you think you're going to die. It becomes uh, you or them. And, and and again, it's like there. Yes, there needs to be some um, better awareness of this. And I always propose this one a unique thing that I used to do is I'd promote like community scenario training with local police department training and kind of bring it together so you could bring dialogue there and you could bring scenario training in so the community leaders could better understand what the police officers deal with the police officers could better understand what the community deal with and, and there could be a community effort to to not bring about any sort of resistance in situations where the police are involved because that can provoke a situation and also on the police side of it not provoke a situation uh, unnecessarily. So there's there's learning opportunities here in both. And we need to look at both sides of this, not just one. Yeah. And just on the note of like being scared, I remember, I think it was like 2014 and I was at my girlfriend's apartment and we were both falling asleep and all of a sudden the kitchen light came on and you just kind of have this oh, moment. Shoot. Of, you just have this moment of, like, I was in a college town. So like you kind of, you always kind of used to like drunk people wandered half the time it's you, like you, whatever, you're 21. And but I just had this like brief moment of like, I think it's the only time my time has ever slowed down for me when I realized she was next <laughs> to me. And there's just that moment of like, one plus one should equal two, not three. Mm. And then I don't remember the next 30 seconds, but I guess I had chased the guy naked, <laughs> like chased the guy out, jumped oh, off the, like, oh. the back porch, like took his bike and like he had like a bicycle and I like threw it into a river like blind rage and I don't even remember and you'd like to think in that situation like I'd be calm and cool I'd grab mm. my gun or I would talk to the person and understand what led to no oh no involuntary yeah. a million years of evolution just adrenaline dump pupils dilate it's time to kill and I remember when the cops came and I was talking to them I was just thinking I was like Dude, if I was a cop, I would have shot that guy 10 times and not thought yeah. twice about it. Yeah, you know, you know, when when I took an oath, I remember this day clearly. It's back in like 1989, I think, a long time ago. But I remember holding my hands up and uttering these words with my life, if need be. And, and when I spoke those words out, reality hit me right. And this was post-academy. You know, this is right on the graduation day. I got my brand new uniform on and getting ready to get my badge pinned on with my life if need be. And I realized at the time that I had the power to take a human life that was bestowed upon me and was legal. But that judgment on whether it was necessary or not was totally on my shoulders. By the same token, I had the responsibility to protect citizens uh, from further harm. Like if you got a person out here who is a mass murderer, he's on the, on the loose, and I confront him, I can't let him get in the car no. and go mobile. I can't because he could cause more chaos. And so that translated into my time on the SWAT team when I was an entry person and I eventually became a sniper. I remember clearly, you know, uh, if, if you had like an armed and barricaded situation, uh, the person uh, might not be actually shooting at you, right? But he's already killed somebody and he is armed. But if that person comes with their car, they may not be shooting at you. You can't let them drive away. 
You yeah. can't. And yeah. so people need to kind of get a grip on that. And your story is so poignant for the times we live in because that's the way it is. And no one, unless you're right in that situation, really understands it. And so it's been challenging for me during these current times to to deal with all the upheaval uh, that's been thrown at the police officers when there's 700,000 plus around these United States. And um, the vast majority of them are just some amazing men and women who are yeah. there to protect and serve. And they're just awesome people. And they have the greatest hearts of all. And yet they've all been demonized by a group of people that have never been there. And I, I find that very sad. And I hope that people will take a step back and get to know your local police officer. And next time you see them in a restaurant, go buy them a meal and just go talk to them and tell them, thank you. You may find out that they're not as bad as you think they are. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> to, to kind of weave that into 5G warfare and moral compasses, one thing that's always surprised me is when you do meet someone who is just doing the right thing, like regardless, right? And it always has like a magnetic attraction. It doesn't matter if it's, again, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, what is valued or if everyone can say, oh, that guy is a toxic, whatever. <laughs> there is something where like I had a buddy, this is a 6'4 bodybuilder from Bulgaria named Ivan, lives out in Vegas. Now. I mean, <laughs> miss, looks, that's a good name for a bodybuilder, yeah, man. Ivan. Ivan Georgiev. I mean, he looks no like Arnold Schwarzenegger's like <laughs> protege. I mean, like, Say, you could use his jawbone as a battering ram. I mean, you hate him. Mm. You just you just see him walk by, and every girl's breaking their neck. And you're like, "What about?" <laughs> you're like, I know I'm five nine and pasty what white Tommy, and Irish. What's going I'm like, on? What? And Ivan's just you know, doesn't even. It's just a normal day to him. And I'm like, but like, that's a guy that just like every day crushing the gym. And if you know, and he came and lived with me for like a month, and you always have this idea of like, oh, this guy's going to be like cocky, or this guy's going to be super alpha aggressive, and he is an alpha. But when you live with him, you realize like, he brings you up. He'll yeah. come and wake you up, and you're like, dude, I want to get up. And you know, he's like, I won't even do his. You talk a look at this, but I won't even do that just so you can understand me. <laughs> so I'll be like, dude, I'm tired too. Instead of like, be a man, find your balls. I'll just be like, dude, I'm tired too. He's like, let's go get some coffee. You're like, all right. And you get up and he's like, let's just go and do this. It'll be over in 30 minutes. And you're like, all right. And you start there. And instead of him yeah. lifting more weights than you, he's talking to you too. He's like, you know, I always start with, he's probably lying to you, but he's like, I always start with five pounds. And you're like, oh, I can do five pounds. And just talking to you, you come back and he's like, uh, and then you, you would think he's just this like iron self-discipline of I never mm -hmm. want candy. And he'll look you dead in the eyes and be like, there's nothing I want more than a donut right now. He's like, but what we're going to do is we're going to eat a couple eggs we're going to eat some spinach and we're going to drink a water bottle and that's going to fill us up. So in 10 minutes, we won't want the donut. And he walks right. you through this. And then he's the, you know, he also, he's like, take a cold shower. You're like, all right. And just little things, you know, meditation or, Hey, why don't you put your phone down? If you're not doing something on, don't scroll, you're going to get miserable. Mm. And then you start to realize that this mountain of a man and this kind of clear minded, good person has built himself up over years yeah. and decades and he's gone he has all the he's not some superhuman that never has faults you, you'll see him no. discipline himself and be like you don't need to put you know ranch dressing on that just i know you want it i want it too let's we're going to be happier if we don't and then there's the and then you'll become reflective and you'll go oh this guy's not a superhuman the, the reality and ding 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 this is what we don't like is i could be him too 
And if yeah. you stare the truth in the eyes, it's a little uncomfortable at first because you realize all of your shortcomings are your own, but then it's liberating. You go, you, you go, I can be him too. And yeah, it's not about trying to, you know, get from point A to point B in one giant step. It doesn't happen like that. It's like these little baby things. I mean, I get asked that question all the time. How did you, you know, get to where you are right now? Well, uh, a lot of things, you know, baby step at a time. I, I fell on my butt a lot of times. Decided to get back up and not sit there and whine about it, although mm-hmm. I did a few times. Absolutely. But it's learning from your mistakes. It's learning from the times you took wrong turns. It, it's it's learning when you took the right turns. And it's stringing together more and more successes versus less and less failures and making better decisions more often and making your best better every day. And the more you do that, it gets a little more easy mm-hmm. in one respect. But the resistance also comes at you and you have to go come at it again. And it's the same process, whether you're, you know, here or there, it doesn't matter. You still got to fight it. But the principle is true. The only way to get, um, you know, better muscles, bigger muscles is to deal with resistance and handle it. The only way to get better emotionally is to deal with resistance and handle it. The only way our immune systems get bigger, better is to deal with resistance and handle it. And that creates resilience in all those areas and, the more you do it, the better resilience you have. And so we need to be really taking a lesson from perhaps Ivan's of the world today and and putting those things into practice. And that's kind of the, uh, that's the answer no one wants to hear. No. No, Hey, me the most. I'm not throwing everyone else. Me too. It's uh, that that's where, you know, no pain, no gain is a bad slogan. No, it's not. It's the only slogan. It is, hey, I wish it wasn't the case. But you know what? This is episode 1074. More often than not, and this might surprise you, is there are days where, hey, I don't want to do a podcast. I, too, would rather stay in bed. I I get it. But yeah, through that resistance is you you build power to keep going. And then, you know, if you're smart, once you get through the resistance, you go, now it's time to up the resistance again, right? You want to keep moving forward. But it also gives you confidence in what yeah. you have you know, the confidence for me, I was a freshman in college in 2009, total idiot, never studied, but <laughs> I'd been lifting weights for like six years at that point. And I remember I decided, I was like, I want to be a doctor. And with no hesitation, and everyone I brought up was like, dude, are you kidding me? But in my mind, it was just so simple. I was like, well, it's probably like working out. It's probably going to take me four or five years. But if I do a little bit every day, I bet I can. And I went from a meathead frat boy idiot to getting accepted to medical school in 2013. Bam, like, awesome. But to me, it, was, it wasn't even sure the path was long, but initially setting out on it, I didn't think twice about it. I was like, well, it's, it's just weightlifting, but it's with your brain. And starting this podcast in 2019, it was the same thing. I was like, oh, this is going to take a while. And the first episode was on a laptop and I'm in a room yeah. and echoing and the camera's terrible and I'm, I'm swearing like a sailor and like, but... I knew, and I think I said it early on, I was like, oh, I'm just going to work at this for a couple of years and it's going to be a massive success. And people have said that's cocky. And I'm like, to me, it's not even, it's just matter of fact. It's I'm holding on to this water bottle. I'm going to let go. That's right. And with confidence, I'm going to tell you, it's going to fall into my lap. There's no, there's no cockiness about it. I just, you just look at it like unfolding law. So the importance of that whole rant is that is how I think people can fight back against 
what is no less than psychological operations against us every day. It's you don't have yeah. to like it. It's what it is. And it's not as, you know, quote unquote, simple as there's the Nazi, there's the Japanese no. bomb them before they bomb you. Unfortunately, it's very difficult. Yeah, and way more complicated than that now. You know, yeah. people, when you hear the term fifth generational warfare of 5GW, people might uh, think it's super simple. Well, they're just trying to attack you through media. No, 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 no. Um, I explain it like this. First, telling people what it's not. I remember back in school when you do too, when we had a disagreement with somebody, it was like, hey, meet me on the playground, you know, after school or whatever. You know, you just duke it out or whatever that would be like. Uh, that's how we dealt with conflict. And that's how we dealt with conflict in a way that whoever won that, there was respect there. I mean, you may didn't mess with them anymore, but there was a, a dominance that was exerted there. And someone won and someone didn't, but both of you might win because it might promote mutual respect. Yeah. Of course, then you think about military, you're you're thinking about bombs and guns and that kind of warfare, kinetic warfare, where, you know, eventually, you know, interestingly enough, with world wars, we end up rebuilding Some allies. Yeah, the countries that we destroyed. And and it's crazy. This is different. This is neither of those two scenarios. This is an all-out attack on the battlefield called the mind. And the mind is completely separate from the brain. And it's out here in this perception-based world that's outside of all of us and it's really a, a filter if you will that's allowed the outward world to come in and affect us like a almost like a funnel that's open at the top and the masters of this fifth generation of warfare are going to continue to fill that funnel fill that funnel fill that funnel fill that funnel through you know subtle messages not really aggressive messages although it's getting more aggressive mm -hmm. but subtleties precede aggressiveness and we should understand that and that we're past the subtleties now we're all in the full-fledged aggressiveness right now because we weren't protecting that mind we weren't filling that mind with good things we were allowing it to be filled with other things it started you know gosh some 50 60 years ago i mean i think the first start of this that i can recall in my lifetime was when the government got involved in health and they they began to create the food pyramid and mm -hmm. tell you how to eat because you're too stupid to do it yourself yeah. And as big pharma progressed to where they controlled the narrative by advertising to our young people on the, the news and how we realized we become dependent upon drugs and dependent upon big pharma um, and dependent on big food to really be the saving grace towards our health. And then you had this massive increase of influence of the FDA and then the CDC and then the way they lobby the government. Right. And so you have this these multi-dimensional attack points with everything we are in all facets of society, government, medicine, food, and even our culture. You know, you, you think about that. And it's just become this constant bombardment of every single thing around us. And now here we sit. We're like, how did we get here? Well, that's how we got here. This has been an intricate, uh, purposeful, intentional attack to try to lead us down a pathway where there could be ultimate exertion and control. In other words, you tell us what to do, we're going to do it. And you saw and heard phrases like this, come on, you need to do this for the good of everybody. You need to do this. It's your duty for the good of everybody else. But that goes completely in the face of, and it's counterintuitive to this idea of self-government, which is really the spirit that birthed the idea 
concept of America, which said, you know, I don't depend on the British monarchy. No, 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 no. I don't. I appreciate you, but I'm not going to be controlled by you. It allowed people to have the American dream, Tommy, to, you know, achieve what you want to do, what you want, how you want. You don't have to believe like that. You, like everybody, you know, I can sit down with somebody who believes in Satan and I I can love them. I don't care. Yeah. You know, they can do what they want. I'll do what I want. But we're still Americans. My, oh, my, have we regressed many, many, many miles away from that. And here we sit with this notably effective campaign called Fifth Generation of Warfare. And um, <clears throat> trying to tell people this, that you've, it's you, it's hard to identify the prison when you didn't know you were in prison. Right? Yeah. Well, then mm -hmm. I would imagine the first point of reflection would be, so Tommy, you guys are, you know, you're defining everything as, as vagaries, that there is no truth. You and Dr. Sherwood have come out and said that there is no definite reality. So I'd imagine a, an intelligent cat would go, how can I even believe you? And that's a, a valid question. Because I was question. just thinking as you and I are talking, I'm like, well, how do you not know that me and Dr. Sherwood are, are CIA? You don't. But I don't even know. I think I'm yeah. not. But I don't even know. So how can you define it? Well, I've never gone scuba diving, but I've always imagined like you're little and you're like wrestling with your brothers underwater and like a lake or something. You ever get turned upside down? You kind of have a brief moment of freaking out of you can't yeah, see panic. which way do I swim. You always put your hand next to your mouth and blow a bubble. Which way does it go? That way's up, right? So you upside down, the bubble goes that way. You go, oh, shit, I could swim that way, right? And it's just a little compass that no one can take away. The bubble's always going to float up. Doesn't matter That's if Hitler cool. takes over the world, right? Bubbles always, there's going to be viscosity and all that physics that ain't changing. So then to trust anyone, I think you'd have to examine is it leading to my own betterment? So before we can even yeah. tackle the idea of 5GW, you have to at least, before that question, well, who was Tommy? Who's Dr. Sherwood? Well, like Ivan, someone could tell me Ivan's trying to get in your head. He's trying to win you over or something. But you spend enough weeks with Ivan and you realize like your pants are fitting better. You're a little less chubby in the face. You're clean shaven <laughs> every day. Your house is clean. At a yeah. certain point, I'm like, this is better. I am being, yeah. it's so first and foremost, take anything we're talking about and apply it to your life. And if your life is getting better, chances are we're on your side. If uh, you notice that all of a sudden you don't have money and you're fat and tired, we're probably not on your side. So, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I said this before, you know, you mentioned something very cool. Um, there's two types of situations out there that are very grievous. Those that are in prison and don't know it. And then those that are in a prison and, don't know how to get out or are more comfortable there. I learned that lesson back again, another police lesson. Uh, there were people that I, I'd worked in a neighborhood for a while, you know, we called them beats or whatever, or districts, or whatever you call them in wherever city you're in in America, but you get to know the people, you know, you spend time with them, you develop communication with them and you see them all the time in a certain neighborhood or beat. Every day, you know, there they were. And they'd always say hi to you over time as they got more comfortable with you being around. And you'd become a resource to them and they'd become a resource to you. Uh, but there were people that I'd find out that I would arrest over and over again. And I couldn't understand for the life of me why they kept doing the same old dumb things. And why was that? But then I learned some lessons from a couple of them who basically said, you know, Mark, you don't understand. 
it's harder for me to live out here that isn't there. I don't know yeah. how to exist, man. I get my three, three squares and yeah. a cot and I'm good. Uh, I got predictability. I got rules. I, I, I don't have to worry about a job. I don't have to worry about clothes. I don't have to worry about soap and showering. I, I It's there. I know what to expect. And, and even though I know that's not the best, I'm more comfortable there. Again, that's probably a, a dangerous place to be. But with that idea of prison, I've asked people the questions, you know, to your point of what is better, you know, like, let's, let's just pick them apart. If, if you're out there and you are dependent upon the government for your security, your safety, your um, paycheck, you know, uh, if you're dependent on them to provide your groceries, you become completely in bondage and enslaved to them uh, with big food. If you're, dependent upon big food to subsidize things and bring prices down where you buy cheap box food and you find yourself uh, buying that over and over again and never getting full and wanting more. And you're finding out that the government again, back to that is giving you coupons to buy those things. You know, they're not good for you, but that's what you have to, to depend on. You're in bondage and big drug. If you find yourself depending on big pharmacies to make you well, and you don't like where you are with your, sickness perhaps right now or you're on multiple medications uh, you know obesity has got a hold of your life type 2 diabetes high blood pressure heart disease autoimmune conditions etc cetera, etc cetera. and you're dependent on big pharma to find the answer you keep taking more pills over and over again you're finding out that that's all they ever give me is another pill every time i go in you're in bondage and there are people out there that are listening right now that are truly in bondage and we you know my wife and i and the rest of our team we kind of there's a mission that we've had to kind of lead people out of bondage, Tommy, you know, to get them out of that. So their life would get better. And, and I, I truly believe that, and I'm not knocking those things, use them for what they can do for you, Sure, but don't allow them to use and control you. That is bondage to its purest core sense. And at like the base level, if someone doesn't want to be free, I think it's probably is your moral duty to enlighten them to like what's been going on for the last 70 years with drugs and with food yep. and with media. Sure. But if someone wants to be in bondage, I think that's kind of the free will where you go, you know, I can, maybe you've never seen another color other than red, white, and blue. It's probably my ethical duty to get like a paint swatch from Sherman Williams and be like, look at all of them. And you might look at them and go, cool. I still like those three. Well, all right. That's, you know, that I'm no better than a dictator who's trying to put my own will on you. All right. But some people want to go, how do I get out of it? And um, again, it's, it's not as easy as, well, we just got to go, you know, we just got to go bomb Berlin and get rid of Hill. That's, that's simple. It, no, it's, it's really it's a lot cool. harder it's, when it's manipulative it, news and and stories and you even know what's real and shadow bans and weird numbers on YouTube. You're like, did that video really get a million views or did it not? Or is the yeah. approval ratings real? What's the actual inflation rate? If I question this, am I actually not? Who do, really? I mean, simply, it's like, who do I punch in the face? Well, they've evolved past that to where you can't just punch someone in the face. Yeah. Who do you blame it on at this point? I design. The, the, the way you <laughs> want to look at this is like um, in your own life. Do you want for something different? Do you want something better? 
do you believe something's better? It's all about, you know, I use the term informed consent, you know, you, yeah. you know, when you're trying to sort this out, you know, like you mentioned, is there more than three colors, red, white, and blue? Some people are going to say, nope, I've got, I've got my feet dug in. That's all there is. And some people, you might show them those other colors like purple and yellow and green. They might say, well, let me, let me just think about that. Sure. And then the third group, they might say, wow, I had no idea. Thank you. Uh, and my wife and I have dealt with that a lot, you know, with this idea of we communicate this, communicate this message. You know, I ran for governor last term around in my state, and uh, that's what we did. You know, we tried to give them a, an alternate message to give them a choice and to get them thinking again. It wasn't about winning and losing an election. It was about uh, communicating a truth to give them an opportunity to start bringing about more critical thinking once again. Uh, but one of the, the greatest griefs that I have in the world, and my wife's the same, is when you lead people to water, you know, if you will, and they won't take a drink. And they walk away from the water and they still are dying because of dehydration and thirst. And, and that's hard. I mean, we've cried tears. We've lost sleep over that. And we still, it's because we care. You know, I'd rather care and have a heart about people than just be cold and callous and say, oh, well, what the heck? You know, we still care about them. We still love them. Uh, we still love all people, uh, but we've accepted the idea that some people will accept, you know, truth. You know, they will. There is a definitive truth out there in some areas, no question. And people accept that. Some will, some won't. And some to be determined. And there is nothing. You, and you might say, well, I need to grab the back of their head and push no. it into the water. Well, no, that's that is also the beginning of a different form of dictatorship where those dictators are arguably worse. The ones that who totally go, they go, I'm doing, it, I'm doing it for your own good. You almost want the demon that says, oh, I just want money and power. You don't want the guy that says, oh, I'm doing it for you. That's well, that's, that's where we are right now. You know, these yeah. clowns, they're they're so slick and we're so gullible and receptive to this type of communication these days. We believe it. We what's the government done for the last two years you know three years this is for your own good we are trying to help you and what they're saying is folks listen to me they're saying you are too damn dumb to think for yourself you, you are stupid cattle. you're just nothing more than a sheep who doesn't know where to go and you're so stupid while eating good green grass you'll walk off a cliff so we're going to show you where the grass is you know and, and we've got to begin to realize that we're not dumb that we're all born with this innate, amazing, awesome, unexplainable, unfathomable level of intelligence that's so broad, more than we probably reckon, probably even comprehend. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, you had the belief that you could be a, a doctor. I mean, come on, that's a great thing. That's the belief that all of us uh, can have, whether we achieve it or not is irrelevant, yeah. but the belief enough to go after it. That is what drives the human spirit. When you take that away, the human spirit is, is not being driven by what's inside of you. It's being driven by what's outside of you, which is exactly what these clowns are trying to do. It's being driven by the bullwhip. Totally. And, and so that is sort of the ethical dilemma. Hey, uh, Dr. Sherwood, I'm going to go use the restroom real quick. Uh, I, do this yeah, every I do this every episode. So I, I hand it over to you. Tell everybody where to find you online, where to find your books, and I'll put all the links in the description. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's like Tom was saying, we can be found at Sherwood.tv. Again, that's Sherwood.tv. Our books, we've got three bestsellers. One's called Quest for Wellness. 
The other one is called Fork Your Diet, and that's F-O-R-K, Fork Your Diet. The third one is called Surviving the Garden of Eaton, E-A-T-I-N, hypostrophe. Uh, those are all found on all your normal book places. You just look them up on the internet and you'll find them everywhere. Um, we also have uh, a number of full-length films, feature films we have out there. We do have the very first one we made, which was years ago. It's a kind of a documentary slash health documentary. It's called Fork Your Diet, the movie. That's out there as well. Uh, we have a movie called The Prayer List. That is the story of my wife, who was actually homeless. Great story of inspiration and redemption and comeback. People might enjoy that one. We have a movie called WWJR. Hilarious show that people would really enjoy. If you want a good family laugh, family entertainment, that would be great. So those are our movies. Um, on our website, people that want to work with us, we have people around the globe who work with us as uh, clients. We help you achieve your best health physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, our mission is to lead people down the pathway of true healing. If people want to lose weight, they want to get healthy, they want to optimize their uh, existence, they want to improve their biological aging process. We have some amazing uh, second level, third level testing that we do. We have lifestyle plans for people. Uh, people can do a detox with us. We have several canned programs that if you don't want to work with us, they're there. People can work with us, though, on a personal basis. We have a free webinar twice a month that people can attend. If you want to get an appointment with us, one's able to be obtained after watching those free webinars. We do offer Q&A question and answers. So I guess the, the eight areas in which we focus on within our treatment plans are um, exercise, sleep, stress management, um, nutrition, genetics, hormones, peptides, and even we focus on glycobiology making sure that our immunoglobulins are working very well so we can really improve and optimize our immune function. So welcome back. Thank you. And it's, uh, people are always like, man, you really just give the guests the uh, free range of the show. And yeah, I, I never, I mean, for all, it's probably going to bite me one day. Someone's going <laughs> to, yeah, someone's you never gonna know what somebody's going to say. Like someone's going to do something. Uh, yeah. Somebody's going to do some, maybe that's how I, maybe this is my own test. I test the trustworthiness of guests. If someone ever screws me over, but yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's going to do something bad. I'm like, I gotcha. But, um, so to doing all of the, the right things. And if you can first, again, do you, do you trust us? Are we are, is our advice leading to a better life for you? Okay. Well then the next step is, so what else do we do? And you know, it, I almost don't like the answer because it's, I think Terrence McKenna said it, the purpose of life isn't finding the answer, it's facing the answer. Mm. And it's it's like facing the answer, right? No pain, no gain. What about dieting? Well, if you're really trying to lose fat, you're probably going to go to bed hungry. That doesn't feel good. No, it doesn't. No. The end. Sorry. Like, I don't want to get out of bed. Yep. Me neither. Well, doing the, the right things, man, uh, really the most of the time they're not the most comfortable things and they're not the most easiest things. They never are. But over the course of time, you realize that right is right and wrong is wrong. And, you know, where do you start with all this? I think you start with just uh, kind of simplified it a lot by, and it really is. It's like every day you wake up, you, you, you try to do one thing 
to, to make you a better person for the benefit of the world around you, whatever world you live in, you know, you want to do something to benefit yourself physically, exercise, eat right, at least a meal, you know, go exercise emotionally. You mentioned meditation, uh, in, uh, intellectually, try to learn something new, read a book, learn a subject you hadn't learned before, learn the language and spiritually find that peace inside of you where at least you you know, you kind of take that moment in time where you kind of erase the past, reflect on a bit, and then settle into the day and commit to learn from that and do better in the future. Bringing us into peace. And if you'll do those little baby steps every day, just a little bit uh, over the course of time, they'll build up. They will. And they'll make a big difference. Like It's like putting one brick on a foundation. It takes some time, man. But you might place a brick wrong every once in a while. Don't plan on it, but if you do, just knock it off and mm -hmm. do it again, and eventually you'll you'll have a wall built. And it's that is like my advice for anyone. It's pretty much the same thing. And it at first, yeah, I can see where you might not like the advice because it's like, wait, how does this combat fifth generational warfare against an entrenched intelligence community? And you're like, yeah, yeah, just don't worry about it. Really, I mean, I would say it, sleep non negotiable. Not non-negotiable right you have to sleep i get up the first thing I, and i'm like a broken record first thing i do when i get up is uh i start an audiobook and i put it at 2x speed and then go to the gym i only work out for like 20 25 minutes mm -hmm. come back take a shower and after that change and now it's been about an hour i turn off the audiobook for the day i only do one hour a day but you do it at 2x speed you get two hours yep. knock it out I meditate again, aim for 30, normally get 20. At the end of my meditation, I'll, I'll say a prayer. I'll, you know, try to find strength in God. I'll try to be a better person and, you know, not for, you know, not for easier life, but just to kind of grow a spine and grow a pair and do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Work hard at whatever it is you're doing. This is my job. So to me, it's oh, yeah. place the bricks of the podcast. I'm doing an episode now. I'm doing another episode after this. One, two. There we go. I call my mom at the end of the day. Hmm. People, maybe you don't have parents anymore. Call a friend. Literally five minutes, just something. And just to remember they're there. And yeah, that's that's what I do. And it it manifests itself. You lay a brick every day. You go, what am I doing? And well, 10 years later, you have the Empire State Building. That brick has no shape in it that looks like the Empire State Building. But you no. keep doing it, and it builds this thing. The same goes with these daily, I guess, rituals of, I would say, self-love. I think that is absolutely outstanding advice. I hope people will replay that over and over again and just copy that, if nothing else. Maybe you can't listen to two hours of a book. Maybe you got 10 minutes. Do 10 minutes. Start there. And <laughs> you, the best way, and the, why this combats fifth generation of warfare so much is that simple illustration. I want people to picture again that funnel, that funnel to the outside will kind of come out of your brain, man. It's like, let's say a funnel comes out of your head and it's it's out there. It is like an open bucket end, wide mouth funnel to the world. You're actually, by doing what you said, you're filling that thing full every day with things that you choose to do. Yeah, You're taking charge of it. You're filling up that mind. You're filling up that funnel so that it has no room for the nonsense that is. And that's not to say that the nonsense it is is not out there. It's still going to come out. You're still going to get a little bit in there. 
but it's not going to become the majority. And when it doesn't become the majority, it doesn't have the ability to control you. And that's exactly what we need to do. The best way to defend ourselves from this stuff is to go on offense and to set it waiting back and acting like it's all going to roll over. No, take charge of your own life. Begin to control what you do. And don't worry about what anyone else thinks about it. Just do yeah, what you do. What Do what you know is right to, to benefit mankind. What can you do? And the more people that do that, the more we'll make a difference. And we won't see bit-generational warfare begin to take root in our own lives. That's true. But because of our stance against that in the way that you just described, we'll begin to take back ground, which is amazing. You know, we can take back ground. And I, I think that's the charge for everyone today as we, we we think about this this issue. And back to that sort of daily ritual. Yeah, I would recommend to anyone to scale all of that back by like 90%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen to 10 minutes of an audiobook at 1x speed. That go if you if you don't exercise, I mean truly go start with five sit-ups, five push-ups or yeah, mm. five push-ups, five seconds of wall sits, grab a pair of dumbbells and do five curls. I mean truly, and you're going, "Well, I can do more than that." You can, but you haven't your whole life, so there's probably a reason to start with that. And then right. what I do is the first of every month I bump the numbers up. I add five more push-ups. I do do that and if you can maybe do 20 minutes of audiobooks go with that your meditation aim for 60 seconds and then next month you know bring it up to a whopping two minutes and mm. you know over two years maybe get up to 30 minutes just little things like that and it does start to i always get this image in my head of like i think it was nikola tesla he wanted to develop something called like the earthquake machine it was wild and it was like a little box that you'd put on like a bridge and it would just start these kind of waves. And as it got mm. in synchronicity, it would grow exponentially till finally he's like, you get an entire like cable bridge shaking. And that's kind of what the daily rituals are. You just yes. start with this little wiggle good, and it gets, and then it all of a sudden bleeds out and all of a sudden you start doing things you've never done before. You're like, maybe I should start saving money. You're like, what is that? Maybe I should recycle. You're like, what is that feeling? You're like, maybe I should. And then as it grows and grows, I mean, I look at this podcast and then it grows to like, well, now we're having this discussion. How many thousands of people are going to hear this? That's right. Just keep doing these baby steps and it starts wiggling more and more and more. And to the ethical question of showing them the color swatch, I wouldn't keep doing these episodes if my most viewed episodes bar none weren't about what's actually going on with these shots what's actually totally. going on in the world what's actually going on with prayer and meditation and health they blow everything else out of the water like do an episode with charlie duke walks in the moon people are like yeah it's all right do an episode with dr mccullough <laughs> talking about you know taking vitamin d and exercising every day yeah hundred thousand views like so that's my i'm like okay i threw it out there Yep. And everyone wanted the color swatch. So that's my moral obligation is to keep doing this. It is. You know, in this controversy-laden world we live in, people want truth. They want answers. Everybody knows the problems. And everybody has questions. So your job, my job, is to go out and find answers, find possibilities. What are some other opportunities? And present that. And so, you know, Dr. McCullough is a great colleague of mine, obviously. and 
when we talk about what we can do out here, there's a lot of things we can do. You know, the, even the very things we talked about today and the people we've dealt with in our big patient base, you know, 10,000 plus people, not all of them are vaccine free, just FYI. I mean, the majority of them are, but look, I can't control what people do and I don't try. They do what they do, but even with the ones that are vac vaccinated, uh, Tommy, they, they're not dead. We've worked with them through the process so we can improve endothelial function, improve hope, take away fear, and so far, no negative consequences. And if you can get them down that pathway, maybe they won't take that first booster, second booster, third booster. And maybe we can overcome that first vaccine with just good bodily function because no one understands the immune system. They don't. I don't care who they are. There's always the question out there about the unknown. Mm. We're never going to understand all because I believe God made it such in a way we're never going to get it because that's why people are trying so hard right now to control it because they know they can't ever control it. Again, reverse psychology is best. So, you know, what we're doing right here and what you're doing is great. It's a good job. And I hope people embrace this. I hope they share these episodes to other people because when you share it with one person, you may become that little rumble, like you mentioned on the bridge, you know, and that starts a little motion in somebody else's life, which can start a motion in someone else's life. And, you know, you, Tommy, or me, Mark, may never meet those people. Yeah. They're still okay. Yeah. Because we still make a difference, which is good. You've got my curiosity because it feels like too, too, pull. it's like, a, I think in World War One, they collected peach cores because they could use them as cheap gas mask filters. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a wild stretch to be like, hey, we're fighting the Kaiser army. We need your peach cores. Like that's a no that's doubt. a wild that's a wild proposition. Somebody says that to you, I'm I'm like somebody's about to ambush me. Like what do you do? <laughs> You're asking me this weird parable question. But with that, so I'm going to throw you the curveball of how does the immune system tie into fifth generational warfare? Because that is, on the surface, you're like, wait, but and you're like, yeah, it's a media warfare. It's, yeah, it's these uh, intelligence agencies are subverting democracy and entrenching themselves into these private corporations and they're poisoning your food and big pharma. So it comes down to the immune system. You might ask yourself, what the hell are you talking about? No, so I'm throwing a, you that curveball. You know, there, I want to show you how everyone listening, how to hit that curveball out of the park, right? <laughs> it's called a hanging curve right there. Um, here's the connection. So know that folks, there's a connection between emotional and spiritual and physical. We are all an emotional, physical, spiritual being. The immune system is connected to all of that because your immune system is like the defenses of the body. If you're military, if you will, it's got army, Navy, air force, Marine, coast guard, space force, overt, covert operations, undercover, et cetera. And it's designed to protect you from outside and inside attack points from viruses, bacteria, pathogens, fungi, et cetera, that you might uh, contact in this world. And there really should be nothing in the world in which we are created that should overcome that immune system because the world was created for us. So we were put in the world. If the world was created to destroy us, why would God have created us and put us in the world? That's just a little logical question there for people to get them thinking that way. But when this fifth generation warfare comes at us, we know it's attacking us. It's clear. It's attacking us emotionally. We know it's attacking us from the psychological end of things where the design is to drive us perpetually into 
out of control, unaware fear, right? We all agree with that, right? And we know that the people can be controlled and driven in any direction by the powers that be that control the propaganda when they're chronically living in fear and looking for hope somewhere, you know, right? They're not able to think for themselves, so somebody else has to think for them. This is the connection with the immune system. When a person is living in chronic hypercortisolism or high stress, the body's systems will work from the inside outward, and they will put all of their energy into the external stressors because the interpretation of that is that I'm being chased by a bear. Remember the 2% change in genetics over 10,000 years. So it shunts all its bodily energy away from us, away from us. Remember, we can't digest when we're stressed, so we don't get good nutrient assimilation. So therefore, we don't get good cellular function. We don't get good ATP production. Our cells make tissues. Tissues make organs. Organs create organ systems, and the organ systems create the organism. One of our organ systems is the immune system. And when we don't get good nutrient assimilation, the immune system is inadequate. It loses its gas, oil, water, lubricant, whatever the case may be. Additionally, because of the outer push, the body purposely does not defend itself from viruses, bacteria, parasites, and other pathogens, because that's not important right now. What is important right now is that out there, that bear that's chasing me. And that's the connection. Over the course of time, fifth generation warfare has and will continue to bring about immunocompromise, immuno uh, decapitation, if you will. It will bring about immuno weakness to where we cannot defend ourselves from the things around us. Our body is not failing us. It's our awareness or unawareness of what's happening that is failing us. We need to begin to take care of self, turn that noise off out there and realize that that does have a profound effect on our immune system. And that's why, as we stated earlier, when you meditate, pray, get away, exercise, that brings it right back in internally. Because when you're being chased by a bear, do you have time to stop on the side of the trail and do some push-ups? What about having sex and try to reproduce? What about to have a, an apple? What about to do some meditation? None of those are going to happen because you're not supposed to. The body won't want to do that. It won't do that, and it will not prefer to do that. You'll have no desire to do that. So fifth generation of warfare wants to take all those things away from you, all of them. So I've, I've connected it in three different places there. And so people need to know that it's all interconnected. It's all interdependent. It is not independent like people would want you to believe. That's part of the deception. You know, you got to go to the pastor for spiritual health. You got to go to the government for uh, governmental health. You got to go to the doctor for physical health. Stop it. No, the answers are inside of you. The answers are really with God. And I believe the answers can be had with just focusing on those things. So long drawn out answer to short questions, but hopefully that was uh, the curveball hit out of the park twice for you. You just Ted Williams that thing. You Got just, it. Love it. You just cracked it out of the park. Two shots there. <laughs> um, but that is, <clears throat> you can't, you can't do any internal work when you're constantly at DEFCON two, right? That's right. You get a again. Your body doesn't know the same. Mm. You know, 
you are no more or less attracted to a woman or a man than you were 10,000 years ago. It's the same. Now we're in cars and we have flat screens and Uber Eats and Netflix. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hormones work the same. You, they yeah, do. Oh, she's hot. You know, doesn't matter. It does not matter. But that also works for the stressors. You get an unknown call. Someone bangs on your door. Your body is like saber tooth tiger or it's a warring faction. It's time to, to like tonight we die. <laughs> like that's, your body doesn't it. know that. And it's just the reality is, it's just like someone like, hey, you know, do you want to extend your warranty in your car? But you get a random call at one of them. All of a sudden, you're, I mean, you're ready to go kill. And it's like, dude, that's not it's not at all what it is. So I guess like if I could offer any little add on to that. It really is. And I and I'm kind of big on this is because I I did fall into this sort of unipolar mindset forever was just to avoid all things, quote unquote, bad. And I've found that the more you avoid them, like a cell membrane, you create a a wild differentiation, in which case all of the pressure is leading to one side. The gradient is constantly favoring the bad thing, quote unquote. That bad thing can be a cheat day. That bad thing can oh, yeah. be a couple beers. That bad thing can be, I've worked for 90 days straight. I'm going to, I think I'm just going to roll around in bed today and watch a movie. Like those aren't bad things. They're bad in, in excess, but by having them every once in a while, it kind of, it loses its total lustful, um, uh, seductive pull. Instead, it's just, yeah, well, you know, we'll have a cheat day at the end of the week, but not right now. Versus if you've gone a hundred straight days of eating chicken and spinach, hey man, you get to a point where it's all you think about. And then when you finally do inevitably break, because you're a human and you will get weak, you go, you way overdo it. You instead of having a couple beers, you get blackout drunk. Instead of <laughs> right? right, instead of having a cheat day, you gain five pounds. So with that, I would say don't avoid all quote-unquote fun or bad and a big thing about that mental piece is and i mean I, and I know i sound just like a like a broken record like you know kind of boomer generation these damn kids but i mean really dude and i'm saying this as a 32 year old i am a millennial you are but put the phone down like for christ wow. just so Facebook, Instagram, I'm banned from Twitter and I'm banned from Reddit and I'm banned from YouTube, but you know, whatever, that's what you get for interviewing people. They're fun. Sure. I go post my podcast to them every day. And with that, and I'll take a little, I'll take a little, uh, guilty pleasure and scroll, you know, just kind of get that dopamine drip. This is fun. Yep. And then you, you come out of the trans and you realize 10 minutes has passed and I go, all right. And I delete them and people, people don't really believe me when I say that, but I know really it's just. I don't know, maybe I have a better internet connection, but <laughs> like right now they're not on my phone. I'm doing this podcast with you. After this, I'm doing another podcast. Once I start uploading these, I will then download Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, and I think something else. All the other ones I'm, I'm just banned from. And I'll download <laughs> and I'll log into my Tommy's podcast account. And it's, well, one, it's part of, I do have to push these online. It doesn't do any help just sitting on Rumble by themselves. And then, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy the the nice little, the nice little Cinnabon of the mind of just scrolling through viral videos and hot chicks. Yeah, sure. Oh, a Lamborghini covered in chrome. Yeah. <laughs> hey, treat yourself. It's okay. But yeah, you can't avoid all the everything. No, no, don't don't live with the idea of um deprivation. Yeah. Don't, no, come don't on, be the self-flogging monk in the mountains. Like it no. 
Unless that's what you're called to do. That ain't me. But yeah, okay. then go for it. Yeah, then go for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but enjoy them a little bit. But then I highly recommend just try it. Try it for a day. Mm-hmm. Just wipe them from your phone. And it may not sound like much. But well, I just won't use them that much. Leave them on your phone and you will realize in the subtlest of ways, get up, got to go use the restroom. Well, just check Instagram real quick. Get up okay. and oh, I got to go do that. Oh, I'm do it on Facebook. And it, is there anything wrong with that? No. Okay. Do that for a couple days. I guarantee you, your resting heart rate will increase. You will, will have more intrusive thoughts. You will have more depressive thoughts. You'll be laying up late in bed, just scrolling, 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 looking for something you're never going to find. Delete them. And it might take a day or two, but I promise you, they'll just be like a very light, just somewhat lifting of the burden of everyday life. I Really good. Good advice. I highly recommend. So if you don't have a minute for meditation, do that, and that will free up more of you, and you'll feel it. You'll feel like you're less at war. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up with this, because I know I've kept you for 30 minutes longer than I said I would. It's all good. Is like, I, I took a couple days off, and yesterday I woke up and just started checking texts. And realized that everyone was up in arms about some Chinese spy balloon. Oh, yeah. But I had just been unplugged for, I mean, truly unplugged, like phone off, just taking a day. And I looked at it and I'm like, it's on Twitter and YouTube and every thumbnail, and it's Democrat, Republican, and Joe Biden. If this was Donald Trump, it's just gnashing of teeth. And I was just like, Lord in heaven, like, <laughs> this is, this one's apparent because it's kind of a, a bigger thing, but that's every day. Just, yep. Just remove always yourself from something. That. Yeah, just always something. A laser on the wall, and you're a cat just going insane. Just take a little time from that, and just right now. And it's not to make light of things around the world, but no, I mean, really, just right now, we both just get quiet. Where's where's the nuclear war? Where's the where's the bioweapon? Hmm. Where's is the evil CIA in the room with you? Well, they might be. They might actually be in the phone. But where, where's the warring armies? Where's the debt collector? Uh, man, nope. it, what do you have control over? And what don't you have control over? That's, I think yeah. that too, man. I mean, I realize I can't change the spy balloon. Yeah. I can't change whether they shot it down Wednesday or yesterday. I can't change that. Yeah. I might have an opinion on that, but I don't have any opportunity to change that. So... I need to be in control of what I can control and rest in that. And then I have, hopefully God will show me the way to have some grace to deal with the rest of the things I don't have control over. And, and that's what you're saying, man. It's like, Truly. we have got to chill out. Yeah, I mean, we are so wanting to be out there and be relevant and be involved in everything that it's taking our lives away. Yeah. Literally day by day, minute by minute and second by second, which is super sad because even if we started off, Tommy, you know, we're talking about life in general. You know, the worst thing about life is not even experience life. Come on, man. It's not about the the number of years in life. It's about the, the life in the years. Yeah. And that takes away time that you can't get back. It's spending time on that crap, dealing with it. I, I, again, not being ignorant, no, but sure. I ain't going to be controlled by it. No, sure. Don't. I also don't 
all things moderation. Don't don't go plug your head up because, I mean, the reason why we're at this point is because of an ignorance of history. So it's totally you yes, know, sir. Do do right. learn, but don't uh, try it out and just realize that what's really going on right now. Well, what's going on is the sun's hitting those buildings. I can see some clouds. I can hear a car going by. I can hear my dryer. And it ain't 15 below. It ain't 15 below. It's still pretty cold, but like <laughs> I think it's like 20 right now. But um my slippers are warm. I've got water. What's really what's really going? And again, I, I get it. There's bad in the world. You can't be in it every second of every day. That's like right. Just, even a soldier needs a needs a break. You know they did that at the Battle of the Bulge? Is that was actually like a lottery they would do. Every night they would go grab a guy from the front lines, bring him back, give him a shave, a bed instead of a cot, and give mm. him a full hot meal. Wow. Because even that idea of that lottery that it might be you had a massive effect on morale. Like <laughs> I did not know that. That's a new one. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that yeah. with me. It is that's they they they, they bring him back like, you know, ten miles behind whatever and just give this guy like a razor of running water they give him some new trousers he probably hasn't showered mm. in a month give him some new boots hey mm. instead of instead of an mre give him give him some steaming potatoes yeah do that for yourself take yourself out of the front lines just mm. even if for 10 minutes a day just and good uh, advice really good doctor, advice dr sherwood uh it was absolute pleasure chatting with you man i'd love to have you on again here sometime oh yeah man reach out that was good man uh, anytime i mean it and so good stuff I'm super Absolutely. honored today to to be a part hopefully you know listeners today got something out of it that's going to give them some opportunity to have a little bit of a boost in their life just find that tranquility just find whether it's christ or meditation or the universe or whatever just let that let that lake inside you turn to glass, even if just for a second. And it's it'll have a world of a difference. With that, Doctor Sherwood, you're a total badass man. Thanks for coming on here. Love to uh -huh. chat with you again sometime. That was great. That that helped me. I'm gonna be selfish and say I don't even really care if it helped anyone else. It helped me. I'm gonna take that <laughs> little. I'm a, I hope everyone else, but I, hey, I'm I'm gonna be a little glutton today and be like, nah, that was good for me. So um. It's all good, man. That makes it a that makes it a good podcast, then, man. I appreciate you very much. Absolutely, and yeah, dude, this is this is just me. There's so when I have a guest on, that's that's the greatest compliment I can give a guest is the fact that you're on. I have no boss. I have no focus group. <laughs> I have, I just, yeah, hey, yeah, sure, let's chat. So that's the best uh, advice Love ever it. compliment I can give you. Thank you, sir. That was wonderful. I'll email you this link and um, put all your stuff in the description, and. uh yeah, go follow him on YouTube. Go grab a book. Go to his website. All that good stuff. Dr. Mark Sherwood. Thank you so much for your time, sir. That was an absolute blessing. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Yes, sir. God bless everybody. Stay safe out there.